Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ. The words of our text took place shortly before our Savior died on the cross. In fact, they took place about one week before his crucifixion. And I know that we are not quite there yet in this season in which we begin to commemorate the death of our Savior. We are just a little bit ahead of that time, but we don't have to strictly keep to that calendar. The words of our Savior are words which rivet our attention. These words which he spoke shortly before his death. The crowds had hailed him. They had greeted him with much acclaim. But they had a totally wrong expectation as to why he came into this world. The Lord Jesus was heading to the cross. He was going to lay down his life for sinners. He was going to suffer the torment and anguish of hell for those whom God had chosen. And the Lord Jesus indicated as much in these words to his listeners, these words of our text. The Lord Jesus spoke about his impending victory. He spoke about the fact that he was going to redeem for himself a people and that judgment was going to fall on the devil and those who reject him. I summarize it as follows. Jesus Christ proclaims his impending victory over the devil. And we know two things. As such, Christ proclaims that the devil will lose his hold on the world, and secondly, that Christ will establish his hold on the world. Jesus Christ proclaims his impending victory over the devil. We note that this means two things. First of all, the Lord Jesus proclaims that the devil will lose his hold on the world, and secondly, that Christ will establish his hold on the world. The Lord Jesus had spoken consistently about why he had come into the world. And he had prepared his disciples for the fact that he was going to be crucified in Jerusalem. You'll remember from the Gospel of Matthew that the Lord Jesus told his disciples at key moments in his ministry that they were heading toward the cross. In fact, the Lord Jesus had turned his face toward the cross as the cross came ever closer. And he made it very clear to his disciples that they should have no false expectations because also they, as his disciples, did not fully understand why he had come into the world. And now in John chapter 12, the Lord Jesus made it very clear to the crowd because we read just after our text that John explains he said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. He was going to be lifted up on a cross. That's why he had come into the world. This was the decisive moment in the history of this world. This was the decisive moment for which Christ had come into the world. And that becomes very clear when you read our text. It comes across with a great deal of solemnity. 
Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. The Lord Jesus was riveting the attention of his audience, the crowd, by saying two times that now would be the decisive moment. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. Indeed, the ruler of this world would be cast out. Who is this ruler of the world? Well, that's the devil. When our first parents, Adam and Eve, fell into sin, and we with them, because that's our original sin, and baptism reminds us of that because it speaks to us of the need to be washed from sin. When our first parents, Adam and Eve, fell into sin, then this world fell into the grip of the devil. By nature, fallen man does the will of the devil. When this world fell into sin, this world fell under the dominion of the devil. Sin reigns in the heart of fallen man, and we see it all around us. We see it in the world at large, in all the horrible things that happen. And we also see it in, in our own lives. Because we still experience the pull to sin. By nature, we are drawn to sin. The devil is the ruler of this world. This world fell into his hands at the fall into sin. Man didn't want to serve God, so man fell into the hands of the devil. And now the Lord Jesus says in our text, those decisive words, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. He will be cast out. The Lord Jesus is saying, this is the decisive moment when the devil will be dethroned. The Lord Jesus came into this world to rescue this world from the hands of the devil. To reclaim this world, God's beautiful creation. God's beautiful people. The people whom he had created as the pinnacle of creation. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. You see, brothers and sisters, when the devil came to Eve and presented Eve with that temptation and said, you can chart your own course, Eve thought that the world was going to become even better for her because she could chart her own course. But the world fell into sin, and Adam and Eve soon realized that the devil had put them on a dead-end path. In fact, a path that would lead to destruction, a path that would lead nowhere, a path that would lead to hell.
That's where the devil was going. To hell. Because he had rebelled against God. And the devil wanted to take the world with him. That's why he came to Eve. And instigated the fall into sin. But the Lord Jesus says in our text, Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. Now he will be dethroned. Because God the Father sent his Son into this world to put this world on a different course. To give this world a future. To give this world hope. To reclaim this world. To set this world on a new path which would lead to fellowship with God by grace through faith. That's the gospel of salvation. And that too is the gospel of which baptism speaks to us this morning. God has put this world, he has put our lives on a new course through his son, Jesus Christ, who went the way of the cross. Paying the price for our sins, redeeming us, buying us back from the devil. It's the gospel of redemption. The Lord Jesus said in his ministry that he had come to lay down his life as a ransom for many. We have been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus was going to put this world on a new course and the dominion of sin and Satan would be broken. He would be cast out. He would be dethroned. In Reformed theology, brothers and sisters, we distinguish between the dominion of the devil and the power of the devil. The devil lost his dominion when the Lord Jesus died on the cross. But the devil still wields much power. And that becomes clear, for example, from a passage in 1 Peter chapter 5, where Peter writes, Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. His power is still strong. As we confess in the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 52, we have three sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh. And they cease not to attack us. But the devil has been dethroned. He has lost his dominion. And as he exercises his power, he does so as a vanquished ruler. He does so as the defeated ruler of this world. And the devil, in exercising his power, in attacking us, does so as someone who is thrashing about in his death throes because he knows that his end is coming. His judgment would come when Christ died on the cross. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. 
It would be the decisive moment, says the Lord Jesus. Now is the judgment of this world and the judgment of the ruler of this world. He would be cast out. He would lose his dominion. And it would become a sure fact in the death of the Lord Jesus that the devil and all his followers would spend eternity in hell. But at the same time, the death of the Lord Jesus on the cross would mean that the Lord Jesus rescued a body of people from eternal condemnation. The death of the Lord Jesus on the cross meant that a body of people would not spend eternity in hell with the devil. The devil would lose because his intention was that this entire world, all of humanity, would spend eternity in hell with him. That's why he instigated the fall in the beginning. But God sent his son. And the writer to the Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 2, 14 and 15, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Now is the judgment of the world, said the Lord Jesus. Now is that decisive moment, that moment in which the devil would be destroyed. The moment at which all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery would be delivered. The cross, Calvary, that decisive moment. And you recognize, brothers and sisters, that this is the fulfillment of the protevangel, the first announcement of the gospel, right at the time of the fall into sin. Because God promised a Savior. We know those words from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Words which pointed to the coming of God's own Son. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Those words were spoken to the devil. This was God's declaration of war on the devil. This was God saying that he would send his son into this world who would crush the head of the devil on the cross. And when the Lord Jesus came, and as he came to the cross, about one week before the crucifixion, the Lord Jesus said in fulfillment of that protevangel, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. Now is the, is the moment when the ruler of this this world will be crushed by my cross. The Lord Jesus proclaimed that the ruler of this world would lose his grip on this world 
And the Lord Jesus proclaimed that he would establish his hold on this world. Our Savior speaks in our text about being lifted up. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. The Lord Jesus was speaking about his crucifixion. In fact, that's made very clear in the verse right after our text because we read in verse 33 that our Savior is explained by John when he says, he said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. The Lord Jesus had spoken about it earlier in his ministry as recorded in John chapter 8, verse 28, where we read, So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man... Then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. He said that to God's own people, the Jews who were going to crucify him. He said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man. It's a reference to the crucifixion. Likewise, in John chapter 3, 14 and 15, when the Lord Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Christ was going to be lifted up on the cross. But at the same time, we should not limit those words of Christ to his crucifixion. Because the text goes on to say in verse 32, that the Lord Jesus was going to draw all people to himself. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. In other words, Christ was looking beyond the cross, that decisive moment in the history of this world, to all the events that would follow the crucifixion. The Lord Jesus was looking from the cross to the crown. And the Lord Jesus was thinking of his resurrection, his ascension, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Our Savior was thinking of the fact that from the Father's right hand, from the throne in heaven, he was going to draw all people to himself. That would happen after Pentecost the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we read about it in the book of Acts. The gospel went from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth, drawing people. And as such, it has come to us. It has come to you. This decisive gospel, this gospel of the crucifixion, this gospel of redemption, this gospel which speaks to us about judgment, it has come to us. And it still goes out to the ends of the earth. The Bible speaks to us about people being drawn from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. 
It happens to this very day. It's the gospel of salvation for all people. Notice that our Savior says, and I will draw all people to myself. All people. We don't understand this in some kind of sense which is about universal atonement, as if everyone will be drawn to Christ and and saved in the end. We understand it within the context. And the context was that there were some Greeks in Jerusalem. There were some Greeks at the Passover feast. You read that in verse 20. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast, that is the Passover feast, were some Greeks, ethnic Greeks. They worshiped God. And they asked to see Jesus. And that led to this whole statement by the Lord Jesus. And when the Lord Jesus speaks in our text about drawing all people to himself, those Greeks in Jerusalem who had triggered the question of his disciples were but a stampling. And after Pentecost, the gospel would go out to all kinds of people. People of all nations, people of all ethnic groups, people of all languages, people of all social classes. All kinds of people. And so on the day of Pentecost, the gospel of Jesus Christ crucified and risen was proclaimed in many languages. The believers were filled with the Holy Spirit. So we read in Acts chapter 2, and they proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ in many languages. All kinds of people would be drawn to Christ from that lost humanity. All kinds of people. I want you to notice, brothers and sisters, how the Lord Jesus puts it. He says, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He will draw all people to himself. A word is used in the original which means draw or drag. And then you get the idea. It's going to be a struggle. There's going to be resistance. As I said, the devil is a defeated ruler. His dominion is gone, but his power is strong. And he roams around like a roaring lion. And the Lord Jesus speaks about dragging people to himself. In other words, that implies resistance from the devil. The devil tries to hold on to his prey. The devil doesn't want people to come to the Lord Jesus. And he withstands the progress of the gospel in so many ways. But the Lord Jesus will drag people to himself. That's the one aspect of this. The other aspect of this is the resistance from our own sinful hearts. 
All we like sheep have gone astray, so we read in Isaiah chapter 53. Each of us has turned to his own way. And by nature, we don't desire to serve God. But Jesus Christ drags us to himself. He breaks down the resistance in our sinful hearts. The Holy Spirit works in our hearts. And he draws us to himself. This child to be baptized has a sinful little heart. And that little heart, which by nature is a heart of stone, must be made a heart of flesh through the working of the Holy Spirit. That's why we pray about that in the form of baptism. Work in this child by your spirit and word that she may follow the Lord Jesus. That we are here today is a testimony to the work of the Spirit and the Word. It's an indication of the fact that the Lord Jesus has dragged us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. In our text, the Lord Jesus proclaims his victory, his impending victory over the devil. We're called to believe that. We're called to believe it. That's also the implication of the words which our Savior spoke immediately after our text when he spoke about walking while you have the light lest the darkness overtake you. It's the implication of the fact that the Lord Jesus says while you have the light Believe in the light that you may become sons of light. The verdict is out. The verdict on the devil and unbelievers is out. Because the Lord Jesus said in our text, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. That happened. The verdict is out. Because the Lord Jesus died on the cross. The devil and his followers will be condemned forever. But the call of the gospel is to believe in the Lord Jesus. Because by grace through faith, we may share in the saving merits of Jesus Christ and be saved. Amen.